Morning. Morning. Good to Morning. see all of you on this rainy day, wet Northwest day. So uh, last week in our longing series, Justin spoke on longing for hope. And the word picture that I walked away with and liked was his word picture of us being in the boat and the storms are raging and boats moving around and we're anchored in Christ and our hope is in Christ. And uh, that's something that I, I liked. I just wanted to review that for you. And so hope is something that we're gonna, when joy is lacking, hope is where you go. But today's on joy, longing for joy. And as the song said in Luke 2, the angel proclaimed to the shepherds, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. I doubt that the shepherds knew that 70 prophecies are about to be fulfilled in the Old Testament. And I doubt that they knew that sin, our greatest problem is about, that problem is about to be solved. So um, today is longing for joy. And I don't know how I get, got selected for this, if there were a joy meter, uh, and whoever has the most joy gets to speak, I wouldn't be in the top 20% probably. As I studied this, I realized like, I've got some work to do. Uh, in fact, I met a person once, and the only words he ever said to me was, uh, where's your joy? I was in Sierra Leone, I'd been teaching the pastors for a week, and I was tired, it was Friday, and I decided we need to have some fun. And they really don't have fun. They, there isn't much to do. Um, I asked them, what do you guys do for fun? And they just looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I, I thought, well, we gotta do something. I didn't wanna go to a restaurant because I'd probably get sick. That wouldn't be fun. So uh, I said, well, look, I know there's a hotel in town. They have a pool. It costs $5 to go in the pool. Let's all go up there. I'll get swim trunks for everybody, and let's go swimming. And they looked at me like, please, no. They do not like water. I don't know if it's the water or the cold, but they, please, we don't want to do that. So I backed off that. I okay, well, what else you got? And they said, a still, blank stairs. And so I happened to be looking, I saw a wire, electrical wire, and I go, where's the power come from in this country? And they go, I said, do you have a dam nearby? And they go, yeah, there is a dam. Okay, well, if there's a dam, there's a lake. Can we go there? Is that something we can go and see and like hang out? They go, yeah, we can. I said, is it very far? Because I had, there was a bunch of people on the team. We had one vehicle. I had to get that vehicle back for this team to do other things. So I said, is it very far? And they go, no, no, it's close. And it won't take us long to get there. Now their idea of close and time are is another universe. They really don't navigate like we do. So unbeknownst to me, we got it, nine of us got in this Sequoia and we took off and they kind of took me from here to Renton via Enum Club. That's the route we went and the road you know, it's just like holes this deep, so you have to really go slow or you're just gonna beat the truck to death. And so by the time we get to where we're going, I am really impatient. I'm the ugly American. It's like, what are we doing? Where is this thing? I'm looking at my watch. Um, I'm hot. Um, 
this doesn't seem like fun to me. We pull into this police station in this village, and I go, what are we doing here? Guy gets out, runs in, policeman comes out, gets in the car, and I'm going. <laughs> and um, we, we, we go backwards, and we go back to, the, we go to this house, and they explain, we have to, we, we need the police's approval. I said, okay, so this is, all this way, and we might not get in. Okay, the police says, yeah, but we have to ask the chief. So we go to the village chief, <clears throat> we drive to his house, we all pile out, we all run up. He's got a pretty good house, <clears throat> and there's like a long porch, and in the porch is all these chairs lined up, and at the end of the porch is a throne. And there's a, there's a chief sitting on the end of this throne with full purple headgear, robe, and so I'm so frustrated, like, I don't want to mess this up. So I just walk in, and I just got my head down, like, I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want him to get offended. So I'm, I just sit down. I got my backpack, and everybody sits down. And they start talking to Timney. I have no idea what they're saying, but the chief and our guy start laughing. I go, what's up? What, what are you laughing about? And the chief, he says, well, the chief wants to know. He says, aren't you guys Christians? Where's your joy? I go, okay, so he was honored we were there, and I was scared we were there. Just a different perspective on the event. So we leave. Oh, by the way, he stands up, and in perfect English, in slang, just like this, he says, Hey guys, glad you're here. Welcome to our village. Have fun at the dam. If you need anything, let me know. Just like that. <laughs> and uh, so we leave, and uh, we cross a river in the, in the truck that was... Tenuous, I, we're not going to make it. Then we come to a down tree and we're stuck. Man, just goes on and on. So they go, no, no, it's a short walk. So we get out and we start walking. <laughs> and I'm carrying the lunch. I got a sack, a brown sack with, with sandwiches, a gallon of mayonnaise, and a gallon of Nutella. That's our lunch. And water. Yeah, I didn't know what was in there. So I got it. But we get to the we get to the place. Um, did you show those two pictures? Yeah. We'll go back one. Did you show the pastors? Oh, beautiful. So there's the guys we took. Actually, that's a little bit different. It's a different trip. I couldn't find the photo. The next one. So here's the waterfall, and you can see in the middle there's a pool. When you go past those rocks, it's it's gorgeous. It's it's awesome. But um, again, I'm tired, I'm hot, and I sit down and we pull out what I'm hoping is peanut butter. That's the only thing I can eat over there. And we got mayonnaise, Nutella, and oh man, okay, this isn't good. But they love it. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't say this, but I'm thinking, what a waste of a day. I have wasted these guys' time. What a miserable day. And Paul sits there and he looks over at me and he goes, thank you for bringing us here. This is a day I will never forget my whole life. That's, that's the difference in perspective. So I paid 3,000 bucks, traveled 12,000 miles, then rode for four hours into the bush for a Muslim chief to question my joy and for a pastor that I'm training to demonstrate joy. So that's... I'm, a, I'm just saying I'm a bit joy deficient. <laughs> <laughs> so.
So, I mean, joy deficient is kind of like being in the Northwest. You're probably vitamin D deficient if you live here. Right? You got muscle aches and fatigue, probably vitamin D. Um, but I think most Christians are kind of like me, a little bit joy deficient. I started pondering on that. But it shouldn't be that way this time of year, right? I mean, this is the season of joy. This is a, a high holiday for, for Christians. We got Easter, we got Christmas. We should have it ramped up, right, church? I mean, if anybody's gonna have joy this season, I, I get like the culture has co-opted Christmas, commercialized it and all that, but for us believers, like we're celebrating a high holiday, right? This should be a season of joy. And so if it isn't, are you broken? Is something wrong with you? What's the, what's the deal? And what about the rest of the year? What, uh, what are some things that we can do to cultivate joy? So when you think of joy, you might think of happiness. When I'm, for sake of definition, happiness, what I'm calling happiness is like contentment, okay? Joy would be happiness overflowing. Joy um, is contagious and it's probably longer lasting. So if that's helpful. now. Just full disclosure, I've uh, borrowed some things from Tim Keller, from uh, John MacArthur, and a few others, all kinds of people, half of you. Um, so I just wanted to tell you that. I don't want to. Uh, in fact, my first quote on the definition of joy, I think the best one is MacArthur's definition. And he says, joy is a gift from God to those that believe the gospel of Christ being produced in them by the power of the Holy Spirit because they receive and obey the Word of God mixed with trials and they keep their focus on eternal glory. I'm going to say it one more time. Joy is a gift from God to those who believe the gospel of Christ being produced in them by the power of the Holy Spirit because they receive and obey the Word of God mixed with trials, and they keep their focus on eternal glory. So you don't have to be a Christian to have joy, right? I mean, what are some, what are some occasions that bring you joy? What are some things? Anybody. You don't have to be a believer. They're just joyful experiences. What are some that happen? Baby, baby, baby yeah, baby born. laughing, baby. <laughs> baby laughing, baby having, born. Having a baby. Yeah, I, uh, Rochelle gets to see that a lot, right? What else? Getting married. That it? Then we're done with joy. <laughs> what else? Vacation. Oh, vacation and looking forward to vacation. As soon as I'm on vacation, I'm starting thinking about vacation ending and then it kind of. What else? Getting married. Getting married. Like, yeah, wedding, wedding days. Great day. Uh, for the men looking forward to the wedding night. Uh, what else? He said gifts. Gifts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about just fun? Or just fun. Looking forward to fun. Yeah, I would call that common joy. Okay? Um, well, 14 years ago, my first grandson was born. Today. Happy birthday, partner. That was a day of joy for us. Happy down, birthday. In, down in Bakersfield, going to the hospital. Um, but joy is even built into the fabric of, of creation. So Psalms 19.4 says, 
Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In him he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Now, if you've been blessed enough to be at the Hawkbird residence early in the morning and look at the sunrise, or at the Olson's house in the evening and look at the sunset, you'll see the joy of the Lord. And I was thinking that every moment of every day, that sun is either falling somewhere or peaking somewhere. And everybody who has a different vantage point of that, God has, has himself painted that picture for us, for our joy, okay? So we see joy in his creation. Um, and so maybe we would call that common joy. So common joy that everyone, that the Lord has blessed the world with is a bit more circumstantial and it's more random. It's temporary and it's fleeting. Um, my grandkids show up, lots of joy. The next day my roof leaves, not so much, okay? Um, common joy doesn't have any power. It vanishes in hardship and it can't reconcile suffering. Um, I listened to a, a message called The Bait of Satan and it's about how Throughout life, we get offended, we get wounded somehow. And when we hold on to that wound and that offense, it sidelines our joy, okay? We can't participate, we can't forgive, and we're stuck. So, and uh, common joy is reserved for kind of special circumstances. It's when all the stars line up. It's like you hit the lottery, you got a good lottery ticket, or you're Bruce Almighty for one day, everything just goes well. But joy from the Spirit is quite different. It, it's from God and it's part of His being. It has an eternal and a lasting element and it has power. It can survive and it can redeem suffering. The joy of the Lord can redeem suffering. It has staying power. And it's abundantly lavished on us by God and it can be cultivated. So here's a few thoughts. So, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-gentleness, self-control, fruits of the Spirit. Again, all of those can be experienced by a non-Christian. But a Christian, when the Holy Spirit seals them, Ephesians 2, and the Spirit indwells them, as they become sanctified, these are the manifestations of God that you would expect to see in a person in, in which the Holy Spirit lives. They're growing, they're... Uh, they're extraordinary, and, what, and it, they're supernatural. And as we, are, as we are joyful, we are glorifying God because that is His nature. We're talking about something that belongs only to Christians, okay? It's deep down, and I, as I said, it can survive hardship. <clears throat> this, this joy can't be stolen. Because it's from God the Father, and He can't be touched, that joy can't be touched, okay? It's, our joy is secure. And it's the proper act of appreciation for what God has done. It's the appropriate response of the work of Christ. When I realize that Christ has bore my sins in his, on his body by hanging on a tree, that Jesus who knew no sin 
became sin for me. And he's laid himself my iniquity and our iniquity. And he did that to free us from the power and penalty of sin. Joy should be my response. But you can't just ramp it up, okay? It's not something that can be made or manufactured. The richest people in the world can't buy it. AI can't make it. <clears throat> Yet the Father, our Father in Heaven lavishes us with it. Doesn't it feel good to have something that can't be taken from you? Like no army, no government, no person, no thief can counterfeit it or take it from you. Now, the Bible isn't saying that we have to be continually joyful. Um, it means that you can trust God to redeem the circumstances for joy. For example, I mean, there's, we go through life, there's, there's pain, loss of a loved one, serious tragedy, being a victim of, of abuse. Um, or think of, think of Christ, Jesus in the garden, sweating blood, being beaten and spit upon uh, in his trial, and then his execution. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those were moments of joy. And yet, he did it for joy. When I visited Valerie this, uh, let's see, Monday, I said, you know, for a person who's got a lot going on with her health, you have a great attitude. She's a great example. Please pray for her. She's still in the hospital. If you can go see her, please do. But Ecclesiastes says, there, there, um, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So the Bible, it doesn't deny our pain. It acknowledges it. But Jesus says, I will turn your suffering into joy. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Church, God will redeem our suffering. And Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God isn't a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace, endured on the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand I'm sorry, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the spirit. And the last point about joy, uh, the father, this joy is the character of God. It's the character of Jesus, it's the character of the spirit and its followers. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, two says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So he, he chose to suffer for joy. And the joy that he gets is us. That's hard to fathom. That God's joy is us. But conversely, our joy is him. And God chose the worst suffering so we can experience joy. And we look around, there isn't joy without suffering and hardship. You can't appreciate the highs unless you experience the lows. If you just had a full life of nothing but joy, it would be commonplace. You wouldn't appreciate it. For example, the ultra-rich, they can buy comfort. 
but they can't buy joy. So how do we cultivate joy? I've got three things to offer you. One is you need to look in three directions. First, look backward. So you look back in the scriptures and you'll see the Lord's love and faithfulness on every page. Psalm 98, oh, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He's remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. To the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with lyre and with lyre and sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the king. The word itself will bring you joy because you're rehearsing the gospel. You're rehearsing the character of God. You can't have joy. And, and my goal is to give you an appetite for joy, but also a pathway to find it. You'll find it in the word of God. I mean, look at your, your screen time. I get one every, every week, tells your screen time with such and such. Compare that to your, your Bible reading time. And ask yourself, is your screen time bringing you joy? I don't think it is. It doesn't mean. I mean, it's a little bit of an addiction. There's, I want to be up on stuff, but it certainly doesn't bring me joy. So look, now when you read the word, here's a little tip that helps me apply the word of God to my heart. Okay, because I can read scripture all day long and it's just words passing through my head. But here's what I do so the words on the paper land on my heart. So take any passage, I'm just gonna pick Ephesians 1, and I'm gonna read it the way I would read it to myself, okay? And I'm gonna read it out loud, and I would recommend you do this out loud. So this is Ephesians 1, starting in verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed Jeff in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose Jeff in him before the foundation of the world that Jeff should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined Jeff for adoption to himself as a son through Christ, according to the purposes of, will, of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed Jeff in the beloved. And on and on. That's how I try to personalize the words of scripture to apply to me. And it's important that I say it out loud for me. Now, if you have a method that works better for you, great, share it with somebody. But that's how I get joy from the Word of God and apply it to my heart. But secondly, when you're looking backwards, you're looking at God backwards to find joy, to cultivate joy, but look at your own story backwards. So Kelly, uh, a couple years ago, bought me this thing, Storyline. It, it sends me a question, uh, uh, Don and Molly have done this. Um, story worth um, and then they send me a question and I can answer the question as long as I want and then uh, it goes into a book and it's, it's saved well what I've noticed is as I look back at my story which I typically don't do I found great joy in what God has done I couldn't believe all the things he's done for me I'd forgotten them I, I mean I'm the kind of guy like God you've been great over 67 years but what have you done for me in the last 15 minutes 
And so I looked at my life. Now, if you're a journaler, that might be one of the benefits, besides just the therapy of writing down your feelings. But um, take a minute and look back on your life. At Christmas is a great time to do that as a family. What has God done for you in this, in this last year? It'll bring you joy. The second way to cultivate joy is look at today. So the first way is to look at yesterday. The second way is to look at today. And if you'll live on this principle, you'll find joy. And that is Jesus first, others second, you third. That's simple. Now Keller says, the reason you don't have joy is because you're not on mission. I mean, that sounds like out of the Selma playbook, right? But that's a Keller quote. Now what he means by mission, I think is, Making God's priorities your priorities, which are other people. God's saying, look, I'll take care of you. Get your eyes off yourself. I've got you. I'm going to give you capacity now for others. And when you, when you bless others, you'll find great joy. The other thing to do today is to seek the presence of God. So Psalm 1611 says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. So how do you... How do you enter in the presence of God? How do you do that? Well, you talk to him. You spend time with him. Um, he can't give you his presence if you're running away. Uh, he's made you. You're his workmanship. He loves you. Oh, how he loves you. He longs to spend time with you. In the midst of trials, God's word guides you and his spirit guides you. And, and what Karen and I do, our, our rhythm is when we... When we pray together in the morning, we start with thanks, and then we, we quickly move into uh, the question, what's robbing us of joy? So anything that's taking our joy away, we give it to the Lord, because it's usually stuff we can't fix. And we say, God, forgive us for being in your chair, for trying to be in control, and we're going to give you this, and you've got it, because we can't fix it. And we're oftentimes praying for for salvation or well-being or protection, surrender for those we love. Those are things that we can't, we can't do. God has to do those. And it, it's, it brings us joy to say, God, you've got this, not me, because we keep pulling it back from God. Okay, I need to worry. I need to be in fear. I need to, uh, I need to muscle up and live this life. The other thing we, we say to God is, Lord, help us to love what you love and hate what you hate. Starting with our own sin, that we would hate more than others. And, and, and we've learned to pray what we're feeling. That's a very mature thing to do. If you're in fear, or jealous, or shame, or circumstances, those are the things that the Lord uh, loves to hear from you. The joy of the Lord is found in the presence of God. And this is the joy that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad. God says the suffering is coming, especially if you line up with me. It's going to happen. Rejoice. Now the disciples did. They all lived a martyr's or died a martyr's death. Except maybe John. Okay? They were so enthralled with the joy of the Lord that they gave their life to him. So we look backward 
We look in the present at the presence of God. And the third way is to look forward. You look to heaven and eternity. And that was the last point MacArthur made, that we, we have to have be motivated by eternity. I don't know about you, but sometimes everything I see and touch, that's the world, that's it. I have to train myself to think about uh, the life coming, to look forward to joy and eternity forever with the Father where he restores the world and you into more beauty than you can imagine forever and ever and ever. He said he will and he will. When you're resurrected in heaven, your joy will be fully realized and restored. That's the joy of tomorrow. Everything you've lost, loved ones, things of this world, wounds are gonna be restored and fully healed and restored to you in unimaginable and immense multitudes. I mean, we can't even describe it. That's what we look forward to in joy. So as I close, and we go to communion, and uh, what we're gonna do, haven't been here, go up and, and uh, break off a piece and dip it into the wine or the juice, and then pray in groups. But I want you to think about the words that I'm gonna speak over you right now. Um, I think these words will give you great joy. If you're in Christ, or if you want to be in Christ, and I would, let me back up. If all of us can have a little bump in joy, right? But if joy is something that's completely foreign to you, consider coming to Christ and surrendering your life to confess your sins. David could not get the joy of the Lord back in Psalm 51 until he confessed his sin. That needs to be a regular occurrence of believers. And if you're absolutely joyless, I, would, I, I think it's worthy to examine and say, do I know Christ? But if you do know Christ, or if you want to know Christ, here's what is true of you. Christ has made you his child, his friend. Uh, he has justified you. He has made you one with God. <clears throat> He's bought you with his very life. You are now a saint. You are accepted. I can't, I can't read. <laughs> you are accepted. Uh, you, uh, you are now a saint. You're adopted as God's child. You have been given the Holy Spirit. You are redeemed and you're forgiven. You are complete in Christ. You are free from condemnation. He will work everything in your life for good. You cannot be separated from his love. You are established, anointed, and sealed by God. He will perfect you. You are a citizen of heaven. You've been given a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. You are given grace and mercy, and you cannot be touched by the evil one. 
You are a personal witness of Christ, his ambassador. You have been appointed to bear fruit. You are a minister of reconciliation. You are God's workmanship. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I hope something on that list uh, brought you joy. Um, lastly, I just want to say that there's a verse in Jude. Uh, it goes like this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's going to introduce us to his Father. And at that moment, not only will we have great joy, but he will have great joy. Father, we thank you um, for the gifts you give us. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, these fruits of the Spirit, God. Um, Holy Spirit, would you make it, uh, make it so in our lives. Please give us... Uh, deep communion with you. Uh, may we not take for granted what you've done for us. May, may we understand what we're saved from and for. Thank you for my friends, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.